the CFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. You are tuned in to the newest show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is the Canadian Football League Gambling Podcast, or we'll just call it the CFL Gambling Podcast, because uh, we have said it time and time again, folks. If there is odds, if there is a way to bet it, the SGPN has got you covered. I, of course, am your host, Rod Gomez, and I am joined... Uh, by a very emphatic man about most leagues that aren't the NFL, and he likes the NFL too. You guys know him as, well, I guess, insert uh, football acronym here, Jim, but we're going to refer to him as CFL Jim on the show. CFL Jim, welcome, my friend, to the first episode of the show. I am one. Jim is all. The CFL is here. It's happening. Oh, I am... So we had the preseason games, and with the announcement like it's that it's actually happening, I've been nonstop hammering my Shania Twain playlist. <laughs> but have you been riding into a Grey Cup on a dog sled? That is the ultimate question, my friend. Oh, I, I hope so one day. I was at the Grey Cup last year. I hope to be there again. It's it's a beautiful thing. It is a fantastic... And the community itself is just... I mean, when they wrap their arms around us as American fans, it's it's something just a family that you don't ever want to leave. And I'm, I'm so reticent to just get out. But every once in a while, I'm always like, man, I have so much going on. Do I really want to actually do the CFL this year? And then I'm just like, man, I, I love the CFL. It's just it's too much fun. It's so much fun. The different rules make it awesome. The players are really like in-depth with it. The only thing that I think a lot of the CFL community is pushing for that I hope they kind of get to and it seems like they're doing a better job this year is the team is doing like the league and the teams are doing a better job on social media, kind of doing fan interactions. They seem to be doing way better with that. I, I, I hear rumblings that they might be coming out with an app too sometime. Eventually they need that app. I'm telling you right now, they need it big time and they need, I don't want to say better fantasy uh, offerings, but I, I think they need to take a look at some mm -hmm. other forms of, especially season long, because that's where they're really lacking. I mean, they've got, the CFL Fantasy, which is, this is not a CFL Fantasy show, uh, but it is a CFL Fantasy, like, DFS style on their main website. And that's that's good and all, but, like, I don't know. Give me good old-fashioned season-long fantasy. Yes, that's that's something that they've been lacking for a while. <laughs> yeah, they definitely need to step that up. Um, all right, so you may be asking yourself, folks, why am I listening to this show? What is it about the Canadian Football League that is compelling? Why is it that you have a show based on the gambling aspect of it? Uh, again, I did it and I said it in the lead, and if there's odds on it, the SGPN is covering it. That's just flat out what we're giving you horse racing. We're giving you like Zed horse racing. So there's got to be something that covers the CFL. And of course, there is a gambling aspect 
to the CFL. And this is a league where I guarantee you that you are going to probably, a lot like NASCAR, you may not follow it now. But you're going to start watching a couple of games because you got a little bit of money on it. And and Jim can vouch for me on this one. You're going to start to love this game because this game is quirky in all the right ways as it's compared to the four downs, smaller field uh, of the American Football League. And I, I mean, for me personally, Jim, I love just the fact that it's not the NFL and that I get a chance to see something different than what dominates my screen on Sundays. Yeah. That's what I love about these leagues like the USFL, XFL, the CFL, the different rules, the different ways you can approach a football game is so intriguing to me, and I love it. For me personally, the first time I ever saw a rouge is when I fell in love with the CFL. Absolutely. And so a rouge, ladies and gentlemen, is as bad, just like it is in the USFL, right? If you, I mean, uh, yeah, they have the rouge in the USFL now, right? That's the rule? No. I don't think so. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Rouge is in the indoor football league now. I knew it was in one of those. Yeah, the IFL does the Rouge. That is correct. So, yeah. But you can also gamble on in some spots, by the way. Ooh. Oh, the IFL? Yeah, buddy. Uh, Yeah, we're going to go deep in the weeds, but that's a little too deep in the weeds. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so the Rouge Rouge is a one-point play. Kick it through the end zone. Nobody returns it. More often than not, it ends up in one point. There's some special circumstances with which that doesn't occur, but... We don't need to go into all of the rules for it, but the Rouge is definitely a fun play because you can have a one nothing game like you did in Ottawa's preseason game to start, and it's just a uniquely Canadian score in a football game. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful game. The three downs also, like to some respect, it the pace feels way quicker. And there's so much more ability to have more drives because of the fact that you can go three and out almost instantly and, and give the possession back. And again, it's a lot more strategic. I mean, in the NFL, it's like, okay, handoff on first down, they gain two yards. That's fine. I still got two more downs to pick up eight yards. You get two yards on first down in the CFL. Now you're behind the sticks. Now you have a second and eight. Now you have to throw for sure. Unless, of course, you have Andrew Harris or William Powell, then you can hand the ball off again. But, you know, it's it's a more – it lends itself to more strategic thinking on first down. And, of course, with the play clock being shorter too, all of that stuff just makes the game feel a lot more intense than the kind of plodding along that the NFL does on a majority of the time. And on top of the, the pre-snap motions where you're getting receivers at full-on dead sprints uh, when the ball gets snapped, it's it just feels so quick. Yeah, the waggle is certainly a, a aspect of the Canadian Football League. Now, you see it a lot, obviously, in indoor game, and you see it a lot in uh, all the variants of indoor games, but, I mean, you really see it on display in the CFL. I mean, I know the first time, should you start watching the CFL, which uh, their season begins uh, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. They're good in the preseason right now. Uh, you can normally catch most of their games on ESPN Plus, or every once in a while, they'll be on ESPN proper, ESPN2, or ESPN News, but... Uh, yep. By and large, get the ESPN package. I mean, you probably already have it already with the Disney Plus package, but get it. It's such a good deal. Like you get UFC, you get the CFL, you get a bunch of college games. It's like it's five bucks a month or six. It's it's a great deal. Yeah, and and again, why? Because you're betting on it. I mean, you're going to start betting on these games because we're going to give you uh, every week basically what the the breakdown of this show is going to be. We're going to break down the the four games because there's only four games, guys, uh, per week. Sometimes there's three. Sometimes there's five on a week where they loop back around. It's a weird kind of scheduling type of a thing. But Their scheduling is a little a little wonky. <laughs> it's a little Just like wonky. most of the league. Exactly. But still, uh, you'll have opportunities to bet on these, and we'll break down each of these matchups, give you the head-to-head, the outright winners, some spreads, and just some of our favorite bets for the season. 
but this episode, we're going to give you some futures bets. We're going to break down all nine teams. Uh, yes, there are nine teams in this league, by the way, if you're unfamiliar. Uh, they're working on a 10th. But damn it, the Maritimes need to hurry up and get get on board, yeah? They do. They really do. I Nine teams is a little is a little too weird. They need to get that 10th team ASAP. We need the Atlantic Schooners, and we need them ASAP. So uh, if you're listening out there, Maritimers, get it together, man. Get that 10th team out there. Um, but we'll break down uh, each of those. But today, again, like I said, we're going to break down the futures. We'll, we'll talk about all nine teams, situations that they're in, their odds, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with, with kind of what we like and what we're looking for uh, as this season progresses. One week of preseason is already in the books. Uh, we kind of held off, Jim, a little behind the scenes, right, for everybody. We kind of held off a little bit because we wanted to make sure there was a season. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, like, it was so up in the air until literally it felt like days before the preseason game that we didn't want to start a show and have no season. Like, that would be the most embarrassing thing. Oh, we have the CFL Gambling Podcast. Guess what? They're not doing a season or they're doing a shortened season this year, so you start weeks and weeks early. Or they just don't do it because the players – because I – I remember talking like the last time there was a, a full on lockout. I don't think they played. Yeah, no. Well, they're yeah, way back, and it was before my time. Yeah, before my yeah. time, probably before your time watching too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been crazy. Uh, just real quick before we go into breaking down the teams, Jim, what is your CFL story, and why should people be listening to you when it comes to the CFL? So CFL, like a lot of these other leagues, I dive into non-NFL football. I love watching it so much. So I watch a lot of CFL, especially during the season, like even during the NFL and college football season, it's just more football to watch. So if you're just watching football all day, every day, you just passively absorb it. And the storylines are really cool. And I feel like, especially compared to the NFL with the CFL and these other leagues, you get more in-depth. You can get like closer interviews, like personal relationships with the players. Like I could get closer to a CFL player than I could ever an NFL player. So it makes me, it builds this connection that I have with these players and just watching it a ton, experiencing the league, going to the Grey Cup last year was amazing. I got to interview the players. I even got a little talking to from the CFL brass for certain questionings, but <laughs> it's, I love it. I love it so much. And I, it is a key factor in what is my ultimate dream with football, which is year-round football all the time. So you have the NFL ending, roll into XFL, then USFL happens, then CFL happens, then back to NFL. It's just, it's a perfect, like, cherry on top of this maple pie. I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but I just love the CFL so much. <laughs> but I love that you said, and, and this is the point that I think every CFL fan already knows, is that they are the players are, are just about a tweet away. I mean, there's so many times where you can tweet uh, one of the players and they will actually respond to you. I mean, it's not like the NFL where you can tweet and 30,000 other people have tweeted at them and they'll just get lost in the sauce. Like, the second you tweet at a guy, and I'll use William Powell as an example again because he's obviously one of my favorite players. He's on the Red Blacks again this year. Uh, went away to, to Saskatchewan for a couple of seasons. But, you know, you get a chance to do that. And now... That kind of parlays into my story where I started following the CFL in earnest in about 2016. Um, and, and basically what I ended up doing was saying, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I, I, just like Jim, like I want year-round football. You know, I, I, was, I had a hangover. NFL was over. I needed something to watch. Here comes the CFL. And, and because back in the day, it was a little difficult to watch CFL games. 
that that is something more like recently, especially last year. I'm so thankful that it's been on ESPN Plus because it's been it's been tough. It's been tough to find games. It's been tough, and it's it just almost makes you not want to do it. And so now the fact that the CFL embraced ESPN. ESPN and praise them. It's just kind of back to the old school days of, of like the early 80s and 90s when ESPN used to play uh, their games all the time on ESPN2. So I adopted the team, the Red Blacks. They quickly adopted me back, uh, just like Jim had said about getting close to players. Uh, the team, the official team media, uh, I put that in quotes because, you know, I know the team didn't tweet me. It was, it was uh, you know, one of the guys that ran the the media. But uh, again, he reached out to me right away. We all got together. And then shortly thereafter, I started a podcast uh, about it, the Wood Cookie Sawcast, and, and covered the Red Blacks and talked to these players, talked to these coaches, talked to just, I got to know so much of that, so many of them, and then joined the Canadian Football Podcast Network and just been a member ever since. It, it's been a blast. And the CFL is like a family to me. And the fact that the SGPN is opening its doors to be able to bring you a CFL gambling podcast just makes it all the more sweeter. In what other league could I walk up to Willie Jefferson and ask him if he thinks he could take me in a fight and get a real answer? <laughs> what did he say? He said, hell yeah, I can. I'll kill you right now. And I believed him. I saw it in his eyes. I love that man. <laughs> Willie Jefferson, the Great Cup champion, Winnipeg Blue Bomber uh, linebacker. Yeah, that guy. He's fierce, man. I, I, I scared it. Well, linebacker, lineman. D-end. D-L, yeah, D-end. Edge rusher, I guess we'll call yes. it. Yes, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so this is who you're, you're going to be listening to on a week-to-week basis. Two passionate CFL fans, as only the SGPN can bring you, passionate fans of the sports that we cover, uh, because we've, we've swam in these waters. We, we are American fans of the sport, and for whatever it is, man, those Canadians – they they embrace us as fans as well. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful sport with beautiful fan bases and beautiful teams. I love the CFL so much. So if you're listening and you have yet to embrace the CFL, uh, this is your season to do it. If you're listening because you're an SGPN listener and you're like, "What is this and why is this on our feed?" This is exactly why. And once you watch a game, you'll figure it out. Embrace it with your wallet. <laughs> Lord it. knows, Lord knows, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Live and die by the rouge. That's all we ask of you. <laughs> uh, all right. So the Canadian Football League has three downs. This show has three sections. <laughs> Every week we're going to have three sections, and we're going to, yeah, basically just uh, bring it to you three down style in only the manner that CFL fans can do. So we'll come back on second down. We'll start talking about these teams, introducing you to their 2022 season, talk about some of their odds and uh, and really just the madness that's happened between the last couple of seasons with there being a shortened 2021 and no 2020 season. That that was weird. That's It's been a weird, like, last couple of years for the CFL. There's been a lot up in the air. I'm just so glad we're getting a full season, finally. It feels like it's been so long. I've been waiting. I'm man, I can't wait. And I'm a hope oh, I'm so we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Second down, we'll talk about these teams. But first, let's talk about WinBet. Make sure to get down on the WinBets bet $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. All of you out there can receive a $20 free bet when you win, lose, or push a three-plus leg. Build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Take advantage of that on the NBA playoffs. And the match is coming 
to the win, and you can bet it on win bet. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, minus 200. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, plus 165. So much to choose from, and all you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older in present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's move on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I tell you what, I know that I just wrapped up a zombie league draft. It's a weird format. It's crazy. It was all over the place, but Sleeper made it perfectly easy for me to be able to keep up and to know when it was my turn to draft because it was a slow draft. So I needed those notifications to let me know when it is. It's literally a game-changing product. It's unlike anything else in the industry. But now, because you're listening to this show, you love to make money. Now you can make money on Sleeper too By playing the new over-under game, it's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, the number of points in basketball, hits in baseball, whatever it is you choose, just choose the amount of money you want to enter the contest. If you pick correctly... You can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money that you put in. And the reason that I'm super excited about it, you can tell from my voice, the over-under on Sleeper, it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got built-in group chat where I can see my and copy my friends' picks, because I like to do that, with just the touch of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together, so stop right now, whatever you're doing. Download Sleeper. Play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper is going to automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad. Get the 100% deposit bonus at sleeper.com slash SGP. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamin, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotic, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these things. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. It's also cheaper than that cold brew habit of yours. AG1 supports a better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jim, there are... Nine teams in this league. We talked about it before. There are five teams in the Western Conference. There are four teams in the Eastern Conference. What that means is that all the Eastern teams play each other, and then they play a couple of Western teams, and then all the Western teams play each other. And in the playoffs, if there's a crossover, then one team from the East may play one team from the West, or one team from the West may play in the East. Yeah, there's a lot of Kool-Aid to be drunk in that, yeah. There's a there's a lot going on come like playoff time, but the way it kind of works out in season is if you ever heard of any pod system working out, everyone basically plays everyone. It's it's a small enough league where that you that it works out that way really easily. And two or three times too. I mean, you can have oh yeah a couple of three times where where a team will play another team, and then in some cases the rivalries are set up to which uh you know you play them at a specific time. Every year, and like the Banjo Bowl and the uh, Labor Day Classic, you get Winnipeg playing Saskatchewan in back-to-back weeks on a home-and-home set. It's 
it makes for some really interesting games throughout the season. That's the, the CFL schedule. Like most things, it's it's wonky and weird, but it's so fun. It's wonky. It's weird in all the right ways. Exactly. Uh, so let's start first. Uh, and why, why, might as well just start at the beginning uh, with the folks that walked away with the Grey Cup last year, which is the championship trophy of the CFL, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. These guys basically took it to the league in a shortened season uh, and really did not look back. They were 11-3 and on the year, uh, won the Grey Cup, just really dominated the West and dominated everybody uh, with that game of theirs. They just had like a super dominant season all throughout. In the playoffs, they were dominant. That Grey Cup was a fantastic Grey Cup, but they just, they look so good. It's it's hard for me to not understand. Like, they are the favorite for a reason still. I could very easily seeing them get the three-peat, which is saying a lot because they, I don't, not a ton changes from last year. Well, one big thing changed there, from last year. There's a year. big change, but like, <laughs> I still think they're good. I still think they're that good. So the big change that I'm talking about is they their longtime running back Andrew Harris, a Canadian running back, which is a not just a, a, an important position for there, but he was a ratio buster uh, in which a lot of the running backs. You're going to hear a lot of these terms. We'll explain them to you as we kind of go. But a ratio, especially in the CFL, there has to be a certain amount of uh, American players versus Canadian players that suit up, uh, especially not just on the roster in general, but on the starting lineups in off on offense and on defense. And a majority of the time, you're going to see an American quarterback and an Amer- well, actually, the quarterbacks now count toward the the ratio as they never used to before, which is a big deal too. <clears throat> but so it's an American quarterback, and nine times out of ten, it's an American running back as well. But where Andrew Harris gave them an opportunity to play an American elsewhere, he was actually a uh, Canadian running back. But Andrew Harris, perennial thousand-yard rusher, just all-around valuable. He was the most valuable player in that Grey Cup. Literally set that team on his back. Uh, he's gone. But they still have Zach Caleros. Uh, they've still got guys like Nick Dembski. Uh, they've still got a lot of their um, their uh, defensive guys as well. So a lot of this team returns. And I, I just think, to me, yeah, you're right. They're the favorites right now at plus 250, but for good reason. It's the, the biggest factor for me is that dominant defense, so many returning people there. Like I was wondering if you're going to be able to keep Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson together. And the fact that they're staying and that defense is basically unchanged, it's such a strong move for the Blue Bombers. And, like, I was kind of wondering what they were going to do with Caleros as well. I'm glad to see him back. So I think I think they could get by with a running back, with a different guy. I, like, MVP, all-timer, but I think they're still in a really good position. Well, I mean, you look at guys like Brady Oliveira, he looked good last year, in, and he was a Canadian running back as well. So it, it was almost like you had... Uh, 1A, 1B in Harris and Oliveira when Oliveira came back in. And and I think that's a good replacement for him. I think so, too. I think he can kind of, like, open up that position. Um, he'll get a little bit more time to shine. I wonder if also, like, they have a couple other guys. I just love Johnny Augustine as, like, a name. It's just, it's fun to say. I want to hear that on announcement so much. <laughs> They've got Drew Rolotarski, who just caught touchdowns last year. That's all he did. And a giant pickup for them is Greg Ellingson, the former Red Black, the former Tie Cat, the former Elk. Uh, he is a big pickup to this, too. Gives Caleros another weapon, an- another deep weapon, to be honest with you, because Ellingson killed it when he was with the Red Blacks and kind of suffered a little bit. 
when he was with uh, the Elks, but you know, just give him Caleros, and I think he's good to go. I think so too. And then their their receivers like Watt Filor or Filor. I oh, I think it is Filor. It's Watt Filor. Like they just have they have these weapons, and Caleros can kind of stay healthy throughout the season. They're they're just in such a good position. In a season where there's so much flux, it's just the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, especially in free agency, were an absolute quiet stalwart. We're going to stay with what we got. Uh, and, and it just, it's scary because they won the great cup last year with it. And it just seems like there's no slowing them down. It, they, they still seem very unstoppable. They won the last two and I, I see nothing like Hamilton looked really good last year, but I don't see any reason why Winnipeg couldn't repeat. I mean, they I see no reason. Yeah. Me either. They lost their, they lost their, uh, preseason game, but I mean, that means little to nothing when, uh, Caleros didn't even take a single snap, but you know, it, it, Johnny Augustine in that game rushed six times for 54 yards. He had a nine yard per rush average. So, uh, you like Johnny Augustine, you get Johnny Augustine. Exactly. This team, I actually like the value too, cause I'm seeing, uh, what I don't remember what win had him at, but I'm seeing like plus two fifty in some books. That's they're probably going to make the championship game. All things considered. And when they do, they're probably going to be favored. So if you could get them at plus 250 just to win that game, you're not getting them on the money line pre-Grey like pre Cup. I'll tell you that much. There's a couple of intriguing also. Uh, the West Division, they've got them at plus money, plus 120. Uh, again, it's not. Uh, it doesn't break the books, but it's plus money, a division winner. That's, that's kind of nuts right there. And like that's another thing. I just don't see them... Even if they don't win the Grey Cup again, which is that's that's a possibility. I just see them participating. I can't picture them outside of the Grey Cup. So like, lock them in for their division, in my opinion, and then I'm I'll I'll, I'll sprinkle some. I'll put some money on them to win the whole thing. I just basically just I'm with them until they prove me wrong. I mean, it's a good it's a good safe bet as anything. If we're gonna bet right now in what the end of May, beginning of June. On a Grey Cup winner, oh yeah, these guys—they're most of the team is together. They're really only missing Andrew Harris, and Andrew Harris was was injured a lot of last season, and they had a good replacement for him. So, yeah, I mean, these guys aren't looking any worse for the wear. Uh, let's move on to their Western counterparts and their heated rivals, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Rough Riders. This is, uh, this is my favorite team. This is your. So you are a watermelon head. It is. It is disgusting for me to like laud the blue bombers as much as I do first and foremost, I'm a league lover, but the rough riders are just such a fun team. And yes, I love them. So I got a, I got a buddy USFL Tecmo out there on Twitter, gigantic blue bomber fan, uh, Joe Pritchard, shout out to him. If he listens, uh, yeah, loves the blue bombers, hates the rough riders. You either love them or you hate them. It's just the mm-hmm. rough riders seem to be America's team because you will always find a rough riders journey Jersey, no matter where you go, out in this great big world of ours. Uh, it's crazy. I, I've had Rough Riders fans who are like, man, I've traveled all over the globe, and all of a sudden I see a Rough Riders jersey. <laughs> I mean, they're like the most fun team to reference. There's only one CFL team where you can play Rough Riders anthem to. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, well, that now, now. Used to I be- mean, yes, yes. I also <laughs> love the fact that there were multiple Rough Riders. That's another reason why I'm a fan of this team. I love that they had two teams with the same name. There was Rough Riders and Rough Riders. Ottawa was, I, of course, that other one. 
It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, all right, so the Rough Riders, uh, you know, they, to me, they're that team that you really want to 100% love uh, and, and you want to cheer for like you do. But every, they just find a way to make you not after a while. They finished 9-5. They finished second uh, in the West last season. Uh, they had an up-and-down season. It was, it was a very frustrating. And as a fan, Jim, I'm pretty sure um, you had had just about enough of uh, some of Cody Fajardo's uh, shenanigans. So- Yes, the team went as Fajardo went, and uh, while I do love Cody Fajardo, like he he puts a lot of effort out there. I'm hoping this is this is just me talking right here. I'm hoping we might get some Mason Fine. I love seeing him at North Texas. I think he's a nice little prospect that could be like he could be fun. Well, and so we talked about uh, William Powell earlier. William Powell just left the Rough Riders. He was their running back. Kind of leaves them thin at the position, to be honest with you. I mean, they've got Shaq Cooper, uh, who actually did all right for the uh, for the Lions there for a for, uh, quick second. Keenan LaFrance, the former Rough Rider, as well in that room. But after that, it's I mean, it's really this is going to be Shaq Cooper's room, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's probably going to be like a bellwether uh, back. He's going to be like. The, he's going to be the guy in the backfield, relying on a lot on him. I think he, I think he can hold on the load. They'll have some reprieve so he doesn't get too banged up throughout the season. But it's it's Shaq Cooper bust for the Rough Riders. Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely true, especially the running back position. But look, they have got some solid receivers. They all, they a lot of them came on last year. Uh, you know, you had Shaq Evans with a gigantic season last year. Kyron Moore turned it up a little bit. Key and Baker Schaefer actually had a couple of games where he was absolutely one hundred percent relevant. But where I'm more intrigued is whether or not Duke Williams can make a name for himself on this Rough Riders team. He comes. He was a gigantic hit. When he went uh, to Edmonton and then went to the NFL for a quick second and came back again. And Duke Williams, man, it's a big guy. He's a big, solid guy. I think he might be like the fact that he went to the NFL is coming back. Maybe he's flying under the radar of some people. I like the move. I think I'm expecting a lot of big things out of him, and I'm expecting a lot of things out of Schaefer Baker, too. Yeah, Schaefer Baker was one of those guys where, especially in DFS, where you just thought to yourself, you could slot him in a week and kind of get yourself a little bit uh, sneaky because a lot of folks were kind of overlooking not just the Rough Riders in general, but guys like him that were two or three down on the roster. He would always be good for a couple of big catches and quite possibly just a, a possession catcher, too. So, um, look for him to do the same in Saskatchewan. They are at plus 550 on some books. Uh, shop around a little bit and see where you can find uh, them maybe at a better futures. But plus 550 to win the entire Grey Cup. I, do you think they get better this year? I think there's a possibility. Like Either A, the QB competition boosts Fajardo up and he plays more consistently and he's really good, or they just have a more consistent quarterback take his spot. That was kind of the big thing missing from the Rough Riders was a nice level of consistency where they would just be up and down week in, week out. I, It's just so hard because they have that wall of Winnipeg that they have to get through that it makes it so difficult for me to want to back them. Obviously, my heart is telling me the Rough Riders can win it all. It really just comes down to, because I, I foresee them going up against Winnipeg in like the division finals again. Um, it just comes down to like, 
on that day can they do it? So I don't hate plus 550. Maybe sometime throughout the season, since they sometimes have whirlwind seasons, you might get a better number. Like middle of the season, maybe they lose like two or three games in a row, and all of a sudden that boosts up. So I might I might wait. I might hold off and wait on that for a little bit, but I don't hate plus 550. Well, so Fajardo had 3,424 yards total all of last season, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That's that's regular and uh, postseason. So, I mean, yeah, it was tough. It was tough for Fajardo to get going offensively, but this defense didn't help them out uh, much at all. I mean, they do have a lot of good defensive players, and Nick Marshall's definitely one of them, But and, and Derek Moncrief is another out there at linebacker, but it's it's kind of tough, yeah? Yeah, that defense doesn't really leave a lot uh, of room for the offense to make too many mistakes. I don't the, the defense I don't see improving a whole lot, so maybe maybe I'll be betting a lot of Rough Riders overs. Maybe that'll just be a fun thing to just kind of like get on that train. I hope it becomes a trend. That's the, that's the other part is this defense is the other factor that's keeping me from uh, fully investing into them to win the whole Grey Cup. I will say one bet that it does intrigue me and that I see this number out here too where it's over nine and a half wins at plus 110. That one intrigues me because we're a full 18-week season now uh, where the CFL has 18 weeks, by the way. Uh, raise your yep. hand if you didn't know that. Uh, but this is a full it's a season. Lot of weeks. It's a lot of oh my god, it's a grind. But it's a it's it's eighteen weeks. So for them, a ten win season. They won nine last year in a short season in a fourteen game season. I'm I'm locking that in. I'm just gonna let everyone know. I'm locking in plus money. You said plus money. Lock that up. Yep. Plus Lock money at in. nine uh, or at over. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Over nine and a half is minus one thirty. I'm looking at the, sorry. Under nine. Either and a half way. Under. Yeah. Lock Either in way. the over. Lock in the over. Pay the juice. Uh, you don't pay it if you don't lose. That's the that's our Cody thing. Uh, that's the one bet that I think I would take from the Rough Riders right there. I, I don't think they're going to win the West. I don't think they're going to win the Cup, but I do think they're going to win at least 10 games. So at, at minus what shop around for the lines. I'll co-sign that. I will co-sign that move. I love it. Our first co-sign on the CFL Gambling Podcast. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the team that I hate the most. I'm kidding. I, I don't hate any of these guys. Uh, but it's the Calgary Stampeders. They're not the arch rivals of the Ottawa Red Blacks, but they're pretty damn close. Because when I first started watching in 2016, uh, these guys were locked in constant battle. Uh, it was a win-one, lose-one, win-one, lose-one, including the Grey Cup uh, in 2016 when Ottawa won over the uh, Stampeders. But, I mean, look, the Stampeders are the Stampeders. They have been a perennial good team all, I mean... Ever since I've been watching. I mean, with Bo Levi Mitchell at the helm, yep. they've just won games, and it's frustrating. It's very frustrating if you're not, like, a big Calgary guy. They're <laughs> just good. That's kind of the Calgary Stampeders' MO, is they're just always, like, at the very worst, they're still pretty good. They've I, I can't remember a time that I've been watching the CFL where I thought they've been bad. And Bo Levi Mitchell, he's, like, he's he's such he's a good guy. <laughs> It's hard to it's hard for me to hate this team. Well, it's hard for anybody to hate this team because they just they start being good. Of course, you talked about there's there's not a ch- uh, time where they have been bad. I think last season was about the closest you could come to them being bad. They were eight and six. I, I mean, still I, thought they were pretty good. <laughs> they were though. <laughs> they just they fell into some situations where, especially with Bo Levi Mitchell actually being hurt a lot of that because he was really nursing. Uh, he would go out banged up to holy hell last year and try to play, uh, and you just knew he couldn't do it. Jake Mayer came in, 
did admirably in his pre- in his absence, but you could tell Bo Levi was not right with those ribs, with whatever else was ailing him all season long. Yeah, he was a, he was a trooper throughout the whole season. I like what they have kind of at receiver as well. They just like I love Reese Horn. I love uh, another just like I will find someone on every team just to like name drop. Reggie Bagleton is just all timer, all timer. Yep, Reggie Bagleton spent some time with the uh, Green Bay Packers there for a hot second as well. Um, but they've got Kamar Jordan, they've got uh, Malik Henry, they've got Nick Hawley. Like that receiving core has always been stacked, and and there's just never. It's so deep down the line that you you. I mean, they had Duke Williams. For I mean, no, they didn't. Uh, yeah, actually, I think they did for like. I think they did for a second. Yeah, yeah, he came over a couple uh, for a couple of games last season before he went back around. But yeah, Reese Horn, former XFL guy. Um, yeah, I mean this this offense has always been stacked, but this defense has always been just as stacked. And you know they got Trey Roberson over there at defensive back uh, has always been a staple there. Just guys that are are going to make gigantic plays for them on defense. So. I, I don't know, Jim, do you think this is the time where uh, they, they get back again, especially with, like, Sean Lemon back again for defensive? It just Are we back at it? So I could just as easily – so that's the thing between, like, the Rough Riders and the Stampeders. I could just as easily see the Stampeders going up against the Blue Bombers in, like, the, the division finals, which makes me, like, like that plus 600 that I'm seeing that, them at some spots a little bit better. But it's – uh, it all depends because Bo Levi Mitchell could just get banged up again, and then they're in like a weird limbo spot. Yeah, true. I, again, maybe another like eight and six season again, but uh, it's just a matter of whether or not the rest of the West has caught up to these guys because for so long these guys were winning every single game, every single playoff game, and getting to every single Grey Cup until, of course, the last couple of seasons where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have taken that over. But, I mean, it just feels like at any point, Calgary could say, it's my ball, and take it back again. I don't know if they're there quite yet, but I could very easily see them, like, in the whole thing. Like, it's it's definitely, it's it's hard to take Calgary and what they've been historically out of your mind when you're evaluating this team. I just feel like a lot of it comes down to if Bo Levi does get hurt, because I, I just foresee it happening. It sucks, but I foresee it happening. Like If someone like Tommy Stevens or Jake Mahler, Mailer, uh can like step in and kind of be that bridge while he's getting healthy. Uh, I will say that Kadeem Carey returns at running back, so there's definitely hope there. That guy's been a monster, always scores touchdowns left and right. Uh, you look at what they can do. Uh, the Stampeders come in at plus 600 to win the entire Grey Cup. They come in at plus 300 to win the West. Uh, but where, again, I think they can do is that uh, their number is also set. Their win total is set at 9.5 uh, at minus 130 in some places. Again, shop around. Take the over on that. Yep, Jim, I think you're in agreement there. Take the over. Especially, Maybe. Yeah, I especially guess. in an 18-game season, right? Over 10 wins. These guys have done this so many times. They just didn't do it last year. That, that was like the exactly. outlier. Shortened season, weird season, 18 games now? Yeah, it's, that's, that's another easy one for me. Over. That, that is over all day. Over 9.5. Shop around for those lines. That's definitely something that we're going to cash by the end of the year. Uh, all right, let's move over to 
the BC Lions, which I suppose, right, is they, they, they claim themselves as America's CFL team. Uh, I don't buy it. It's not me. I'm not a BC Lions fan. Uh, I, I, no. miss, I miss myself some Mike Riley. Yeah, it's fair. I, I think I do like Mike. I mean, he just looks better with orange on. He sure does. It's just it's just a fact. Yes. It's a fact. Like, orange is more his color. <laughs> I also, I wonder who they're going to be trotting out at quarterback. They've got Nathan Rourke. That seems to be the guy that they want to do. If they're getting behind him, I'll get behind him. Loved him in Maction. He was great at Ohio. He's shown some flashes, I feel like, in the CFL, but he hasn't, like, maybe it's just because I haven't seen him enough. He hasn't, like, wowed me yet. Well, I tell you what, if, if we're going to take anything away from preseason, which nine times out of ten people say don't, uh, look, the Lions got waxed by the Stamps in, in preseason, 41-6. to six. It was just an all-out, ugh. I mean, Bo Levi completed 3 of 10 for 37 and two interceptions, if that, that means anything to you. But uh, even worse than that, I mean, it just the, the B squad – of the of the Calgary Stampeders just absolutely took to task uh, anything that the the Lions could do. Michael O'Connor was the guy who received snaps. Uh, Kevin Thompson actually took a few too, but I mean they were rolling out everybody that they wanted to see basically up to and including Jazz Ferguson for the Lions on on uh, offense, which we know Jazz Ferguson from the Dallas Renegades. Renegades, right? that's right, that's right of the XFL. God, I love that there. I love all the names that I can recognize here. I obviously Jazz Ferguson's going to be a big part of this offense. I feel like DeAnthony Thomas. You have to you have to like game plan around these kind of guys. It's the questions to me come all to Nathan Rourke and how he develops as a quarterback. I kind of am viewing like BC as this middle of the pack sort of team where. Maybe they're the benchmark team of this league where every league has one where the, the teams that are good beat them and the teams that are bad lose to them. I could see BC being that level. I mean, I it, it seems like it's been that way the last couple of seasons. And we talked to the, about their offense. Their defense is not even looking much better. I mean, the, the main guy on this is Micah Awe, who is their linebacker, a longtime uh, vet of this league. Uh, they've got Delvin Bro actually over there at defensive back, which is pretty good. But, I mean, past that, it's it's sort of just a mishmash of, of all kinds of other guys up to and including TJ Lee, uh, you know, Marcus Sales. It's just a lot of names – but not a lot of oomph. Yeah, there's nothing uh, that really like jumps out at you defensively, like especially for this team. If I had to pick one for my all name team for the BC Lions, hmm, defensively, I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna go a little different with it. I'm gonna go Josh Banks because he's gonna take it. He's gonna take it. He's gonna take that money to the bank every time he gets it. And yet, I just so if you if you're looking at their odds to win the whole thing, they're at plus sixteen hundred uh, on some books. Uh, they're the second to worst odds to win. In fact, they're tied with the Elks as far as worst odds to to win the whole thing. And that should show you exactly where the books are at. And 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 to be honest with you, for good reason, plus twelve hundred to win the division. Their regular season win is uh, set at six and a half. But here's the thing. Both sides are juiced either way at minus 110. So it's really kind of a pick em as to what you feel. But six and a half wins. It's I might go under. You might go under. I mean, they, they, had five and, they were five and nine last year in a short season. What does that tell you? 
They might be able to, like, scrap a couple. It really just depends on how bad this, like, Elks team is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> I could see I could see BC getting, like, a decent amount of wins from just beating the Elks and, like, stealing a couple from some other teams. Well, it's So thing- maybe over, but that's tough. That's, like, right on the money for me. Well, the last time they, they even won more than five games was in 2018. That was two seasons ago, and, of course, that was a Mike Riley season, so... They don't have Mike Riley. They've won five five games in back-to-back seasons. One was the short one, and the other one was a full 18. So, I mean, six and a half for this, I, 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 I'm feeling I the I, under. I'm feeling the under because, like, maybe they get six. I don't think they get seven. No, I don't think they get seven either. Not with, not with this roster that I'm looking at. Unless they work some miracles, I don't know that I'm seeing seven either. Unless Nathan Rourke turns into a god. <laughs> a golden god, god from Ohio. <laughs> Could you imagine? The, the, the hero nobody knew they needed. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention to the Edmonton Elks. Uh, if you are familiar with the CFL, you know this is the, what, the second, is it the second full season? The second full season with the Elks branding. Yeah, last season was the first one. Yep, last season was last, the first one. Yep, was the first one with the Elks because they, they they changed their name up. Yeah, what do you think? You, did you like the change? I mean, if you're going to change it, like, I like that the, the Elks is a pretty cool. I like their mascot. I like their logo, what they did with it. Like, if you're going to do a name change, I feel like they, they, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I feel like they handled a very tricky situation very well. Uh, and a lot better than some uh, NFL <laughs> counterparts. Yeah. I was going to say... <laughs> You, you couldn't have done much worse than Washington, but like I, they handled it pretty well. I I gotta say. Was well, so it so? It was the Edmonton Football Club for a half a second? While yes, it was the Edmonton Football Club for like that little bit of preseason. Yeah, yeah. And then they just went with the Elks yeah. right away, which is good. I, I again, I like I like you said the rollout was good. I did enjoy the uh, the way that they still honored the colors. They still honored the EE because you could still use the EE on the helmet. Yep. Um, they did a lot of things right with that. So The logo is really good. I like it. Uh, a lot of strong stuff with what they did. I agree. Uh, all right. So the Edmonton Elks enter the season as, as one of the worst. I mean, again, tied with the BC Lions as far as the worst odds to win. Uh, the whole thing at plus 1,600. They're not even sniffing anywhere in the West Division at plus 1,400. Uh, their over under is set at a palsy six and a half games, uh, juiced toward the over, uh, surprisingly enough, but I I don't know, Jim, what what are your first impressions of this Elks team? My first impressions are, I don't know what the whole coaching situation, I don't know, like, I don't fully trust the whole coaching situation. And then I don't, they have pieces, but they don't have a whole, like there's pieces that I see, like I like Kenny Lawler. I like J.D. Spielman as players. I even like some of the guys they have at quarterback. Like, I'm a huge Taylor Cornelius fan if he's the one that ends up getting the start. But I just don't see him putting it all together. Yeah, I mean, look, they've got Chris Jones as the general manager. Chris Jones, obviously, you enjoyed as a Rough Riders fan. But Mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, look, these guys have suffered through a lot of craziness. I mean, I think the only other team, and we'll get to them after the break, is Ottawa as far as who suffered the most over the last couple of seasons (laughs) uh, as far as the revolving door at coaching and everything like that. Uh, But, you know, again, they've got Chris Jones coming uh, to, to Edmonton as the general manager. Uh, they've got uh, McAdoo 
as the uh, Stephen McAdoo as the offensive coordinator, Jarius Jackson as the quarterback's kind of guy. You know, it's it's just a matter of, and, and actually, Chris Jones is going to be the head coach as well. Uh, yep. So you know that that he's been a CFL veteran for a long time. Maybe maybe that equals one or two more wins, but this is going to be a rough go for him because they are losing quite a few people. That uh, their their whole world kind of shook. Uh, T- Taylor Cornelius will be their their starting quarterback because or I'm sorry Nick Arbuckle is probably going to be there. It, it is probably Arbuckle, but I'm just I just I mentioned Cornelius just because I'm a big fanboy. I think Arbuckle can do pretty decent, but it's it's a lot of pieces with not a full puzzle. And and what's crazy is Arbuckle's journey has been weird. As he went from Calgary, he spent 15 minutes in Ottawa as their uh, quarterback until the season didn't happen, and then he moved on uh, and went to uh, I can't even remember where he went between then. But then he now he's with the Elks. So, but Taylor Cornelius, it was it was uh, Andrew or not Andrew Harris, but it was. Uh, Harris's game, Trevor Harris, uh, at, with the Elks last season. And it was frustrating because they had uh, his head coach, his former head coach, uh, Rick Campbell, there for a minute. And they just couldn't put anything together. So now everything's changed. Uh, Nick Arbuckle now is the guy there in the offseason. Trey Ford is actually jockeying for position as well. But this offense is, is sort of lost in that it's got James Wilder back. I like James Wilder as a running back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a weird situation. And we've seen the Elks kind of not rise to the occasion in the past. That's the other thing with the Elks is I, I, they don't strike me as a team that could overcome any adversity. And this is kind of a rebuilding adverse heavy season. So they, they seem like the kind of team that crumbles when, like, things get tough. Maybe that changes this year. Maybe that changes, but I just kind of see them folding under the pressure. Well, when Mike Riley left to go to BC, that really hurt them a lot because they just didn't have the punch, I think, to come back from that. Uh, One thing I will say on offense, though, they've got Manny Arsenault. So the Manny show is now in the green and gold. That should be interesting. I think that's a big move. I I think their I think their best position group is probably their receivers. They have like some really good guys at wide receiver. It's just whether or not the offensive line can protect whoever's going to be back there long enough to kind of make a difference. I see a name. Well, they got Ed Ganey. Love Ed Ganey on on uh, out there in defensive back. Uh, love just seeing some of those guys that they're bringing back on defense. But one name that I see <clears throat> on defensive back that makes me just cringe every single time I see this is. Deron Carter. He is listed as one of their defensive backs. Deron Carter, longtime receiver for just about anybody you can name in the CFL at this point. Uh, but Deron Carter was this, the, yes, he is that Carter. He is related to the Minnesota Vikings, Mr. Carter. Uh, but Deron Carter had a little brush up with the, the Red Blacks, and I haven't forgiven him since. But he switched over from receiver to DB. He's listed as a DB. I don't know if he's going to stay there, but, ah, man, any any team with Deron Carter on it, I'm not cheering for. Okay, I can I can lockstep behind that. I can always be anti-Elks. I'll, I'll join that bandwagon with you. Uh, just don't like it. Uh, S.A. Morambe yeah. at defensive tackle. I love him. I'm defensively yeah uh, i'm not like super impressed with the elks the only t- person i have like a any kind of relationship with on this entire team is kenny lawler yeah. nice guy i interviewed him once super cool 
He commented on one of my buddy's shoes. Nice. <laughs> that's that's my insight to the Elks. I, I don't think they're going to be very good. Nah. Kenny the King Lawler coming from the Grey Cup champion, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They've got Sergio Castillo, also the, the kicker. Dude, also, love that man. I love that man. Um, he's the kind of guy, the vibes I got from him interviewing him, He's the kind of guy that you like want to shotgun a beer with. Oh, for sure. Are you kidding me? That guy, yeah, he was with the the Thai Cats for a long time as well. Uh, then bounced over to, uh, it was the XFL for a hot minute. Yeah, he was on the Roughnecks. There you go, the Roughnecks. Uh, the, what, the undefeated Houston Roughnecks. Yep. <clears throat> he so. still claims that championship, by the way. He claims that. As well he should, damn it, it's his. He should. That's, that's all him. Uh, all right, we've done some damage in the West uh, let's come back. Oh, just let's wrap up real quick. Uh, we talked about some of the bets. What are, what's probably your favorite one out of the West right now? It's so chalky and I hate it. It's maybe, maybe. Okay. So obviously the blue bombers to win the whole thing. I, they're just so good. They're so, so good. If I'm going to take a long shot of the West, it's gotta be Calgary. It's, I think they can kind of step back into form. The thing is, though, is I think if Calgary ends up winning the division, they don't win the Grey Cup. I think that's kind of getting like a monkey off their shoulder. I, I, it's got. I'm just gonna say Winnipeg lock, lock in to win the West. Winnipeg to win the West. Uh, I lock. like that. I like that. My lock though is is the Calgary over on the wins. Uh, I like that one too. Uh, yeah. Probably also Saskatchewan over wins. There you go. Yep, I like that too. Because over nine and a half, Calgary's not gonna stay down for long. They can't. No. If if no. Bo Levi is healthy all season long, in an 18-game season, you're going to get more than nine wins. Uh, you, you may hate it as a, as a fan of any other team, but that's just what they do. So <laughs> I'm all right with that. You can't keep the stamps down forever. <sighs> as much as the rest of the league wants to, they just can't do it. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we're going to break down the four teams in the East. But before we do, did you know... That online browsing using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, or ISP, and other prying eyes. That is why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands, even where you're sitting right now or where you're driving right now or wherever you're at. That physical location here is going to be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's literally that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed, so your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners. With a 30-day money-back guarantee, it's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you got to do, tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP. Use that promotional code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Jim, we move on to a division that seems to be a little more up in the air and maybe up for grabs than the West as we move on to the CFL East division. 
it's one closest to my heart because it contains <clears throat> my favorite team uh, in the entire world, the Ottawa Red Blacks, but we'll get to them. Let's first talk about the Toronto Argonauts, who, uh, yes, you are hearing that right. There's a team called the Argonauts in the CFL. Uh, Toronto, a team that was really good, by and large, last season. Uh, they finished in first in the East, and they actually finished, Jim, above 500, which is a decent thing for an East team to do over the last few seasons, yeah. It's a good thing for them to do, and I just want to like get out in front of this. Maybe my favorite quarterback room, just personally, out of all of these teams in the CFL, I I have an obvious rooting interest for two people to potentially get the starting job, but I love all three of them. Well, hit them. Who are they? <clears throat> Sorry, all four of them. So uh, we got uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, and then my favorites right now, Cole McDonald, of Hawaii fame, where if you watch this man in Hawaii, all he does is throw bombs, and it's amazing. And then who can who can forget one swag Chad Kelly? Swag Kelly in the CFL, baby. It's crazy because a lot of these names that we see, and, and of course, you know, you and I, we both have followed the alternative uh, football leagues for a very long time and you start to see a lot of these names just kind of bouncing in and around and it's fun to watch guys like Chad Kelly who you you know and obviously Mississippi uh, gigantic name but McLeod Bethel Thompson who was in the spring league for a hot second uh, you know these Love guys it. just bounce around yeah oh they bounce around all the time like you see it at wide receiver they got Cam Phillips XFL legend they got Cole McDonald also playing this play in the spring league a little bit like they just I love seeing the names. You just really get like a feel for the players, and you can follow the players around all the different leagues sometimes. And you just you seem like a genius when you can drop where they were before they were with the CFL. It's, it's sort of a trade secret that if you just follow enough leagues, you're going to know where they've been. Uh, but McLeod Bethel-Thompson, obviously we talked about it. He, went, he played with the Spring League uh, when there was no CFL season, just tried to keep himself up there, came and just, just tore it up with Toronto last season. Uh, a guy that was a perennial, just 400-yard passer. He, he just looks so, so good. good. Yeah. He's so good. Right? I mean, and so you figure that he's probably going to be the starting quarterback for the Argonauts, uh, Sacramento State native. But then they've also got Antonio Pipkin in that room, who obviously came from Montreal for a minute, but he's a he's a good, solid quarterback in, in his own right. They Yeah, they've got, like, a really healthy amount of competition back there. And then I, like, like Javon Leak, they got AJ Quillette. Oh, wait, Owlette. Owlette. The running back room's pretty strong, too. And then it's just, you could probably say whoever's going to be at receiver is going to get some really good looks just because, as you were saying, Bethel Thompson's throwing for like three, 400 yards a game. But having Cam Phillips, having a route runner guy, having uh, DeMonte Coxie, having these guys that are just like consistently good. It's going to help. I think this Toronto could make some noise this year. Well, and that's the thing, too. So Toronto ended up winning the East last season, but they did not make it all the way to the Grey Cup because Hamilton was just entirely too strong down the stretch to make it past anybody. Uh, I mean, they, they basically... They went on a crazy run. It was an insane run, and they did beat them in the East Final 27-19. to 19. So, I mean, it was just... It was a matter of one game that kept them out of the Grey Cup. But these guys, they've stocked up. And I say that, Jim, because... They won the Andrew Harris lottery 
This was one of their things last season that, yes, they had a great running back room, but, boy, Andrew Harris just instantly jumps that up. Bumps it right up. This team is dangerous on offense. Defense, I would say, is pretty decent, all right, but that's all you really need out of them with this kind of high-powered offense. Well, and then they got Brandon Banks, too. So not only did they add Andrew Harris at running back, they have Speedy B. They've got one of the best receivers in the league that was wholly ignored for the long part until June Jones decided, hey, this guy's actually a good receiver. I'm going to give him some run. And sure enough, he did, and he's one of the best in the league. Yeah, Speedy Banks, just like the addition on that, they have a route runner, they have a speed guy. You don't really need much more. No. I mean, we got Eric Rogers, the longtime vet, to kind of fill that in. Like you said, Cam Phillips. Yeah, this this offense is 100% stacked, even better, I think, than it was last year. I think so, too. I think they're offensively set up so well to make a huge run next year. Honestly, I might I might sprinkle a little bit on Toronto. Yeah, I might, I might be sprinkling <laughs> some on Toronto. We, it's we gross might. to say. It's gross <laughs> to say because, like, the like, because I can't name a more like dispassionate fan base than the Toronto fan base. So, like, I'm never really fully rooting for them. But dang it, <laughs> I can't get behind the players. They are plus six hundred to win the whole thing. Uh, they come in actually underneath the tie cats this, this, uh, this year at plus plus one seventy to win the East. It's, it's kind of crazy that they're under that, uh, they're over under also set at, uh, nine and a half. Doesn't matter what the juice is. I- I'm kind of taking the over on that. Well, okay. Let's slow down on that one real quick because we've seen historically, it is difficult for East teams to break 500. I could very easily see them not making that. I'm probably, I'd. I love their odds to win the East. I like that. I even like their Grey Cup odds. I don't know if I'm going over on that win total. It's just really hard for teams in the East. Like they're they're the top two, I got I would say. But that's also like the East seems like a more competitive division. Can we just blanket maybe the East under whatever their win totals are? Because it's just again unless they're very low then yes. Yeah, it's just a weird thing to say, but yeah, I mean, when you watch these guys, you'll you'll see, because when Ottawa won the Grey Cup, they were 8-9-1, and one. so it wasn't even that they were over 500 when they won the Grey Cup that year. They shouldn't have done it, but they did. It, it's, I, I'm probably, I will, that's another cosign right there, is blanket under for the East. <laughs> I think I can get behind that. It's kind of weird to say it, but whatever, we'll we'll do it. Uh, All right, let's move over to another team in the East, and that is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, They were once the Hamilton Tigers, and then they were the Hamilton, and then they switched together. Anyways, yes, you get the Tiger Cats is what they are in Hamilton. Long time, just good team. I mean, these guys came out of nowhere, especially a couple years ago, to really take the league by storm, went on a gigantic winning streak. But at the time, they had one Jeremiah Masoli. Now, they have Dane Evans and Matthew Schiltz uh, at quarterback. It's kind of a different situation. Dane Evans has proven to be good. He's proven to be really good. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't know what it is about the Ticats that they can't seem to get over the hump. They went to the, to the, uh, went to the Grey Cup, didn't win it all again. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably going to be more the same. I still think they're really good. I think Dane Evans is a better quarterback than Masoli. I think Masoli, 
not to take anything away from Jeremiah Masoli, he has that like clutch gene where if he needs to win, he can win. I just think Dane Evans is consistently just better overall. I similar to the Blue Bombers, they like they made the Grey Cup last year. Not a ton of changes to the Tie Cats, so I could very easily see them returning. But I that Toronto game was so close, I could see them also falling there. It's they're a hard team to predict. They are probably, a hard team. Them and Calgary are probably my two hardest teams to predict. Well, the reason they're a hard team to predict is because you see their talent and you see how good they are, and then there's weeks where they just come out looking absolutely flat. So, you know, it, it's difficult. But one thing they did, I mean, look, you, you talked about them being largely uh, untouched. They did lose a couple of key elements in their game uh, where they lost Jackson Bennett, which was one of their running backs. Obviously, they lost Speedy B. Uh, they lost Jalen Acklin, which was one of their, their key receivers as well. So uh, a lot of guys just kind of going by the wayside here in, in, uh, in Hamilton. I'm okay with them losing Speedy B because they didn't seem to use him to his full extent, uh, especially in the Grey Cup game I watched. He wasn't used appropriately, in my opinion. So I'm okay with him losing that. The running back hurts, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they're still in a pretty darn good spot. Yeah. I mean, look, again, they didn't miss Jeremiah Masoli last year, obviously, because Dane Evans was the guy that kind of, and even when Masoli was right, I mean, they kept Dane Evans in. So uh, I don't think they're going to be missing too many on that. Defensively, I mean, look, they they kind of made their, their uh, hay with some good defense last year, but... By and large, they're okay. I think they're still good defensively. Uh, they've got guys uh, that, that are returning as well, like Cam Kelly, uh, who we know from the San Diego Fleet days, uh, is yep. still there making big noise. Um, so I think they're okay. I think they're okay defensively like they were last year. Yeah, I like Mason Bennett, Lawrence Woods. They got like, I think defensively is probably where they're going to be at their strongest. And I think what they're, what they, are going to be known for is just playing tough. And that's a, that's a very Hamilton mentality. They're going to play you tough. Trey Crawford out there is just going to like eat people up. I I think they're still in a nice spot. Yep, I think so Good too. Old Hamilton. Simone Lawrence, guys like that, Jovan Santos Knox, uh veteran guys that can lead this defense and I think uh yeah, I mean if you're going to do anything with Hamilton, uh what do we say? So Hamilton is at plus 500 to win the whole thing. Um, probably not a bad, bad thing to sprinkle something on. Uh, they are plus 150 to win the East. I, I, I don't like the value in that because I like what's, what's down farther. Uh, there's more value in what's down farther because Hamilton at plus 150 to win the East. It's plus money. So if you want it, take it. But, you know. I would prefer, I really do like Hamilton to win the Grey Cup. Just because, like, they were really, really close last year. They were close. It was a very close competitive game with the Blue Bombers. And I could easily see them making it again. So, I might take Toronto at the better odds, because I think they're very, very similar. Not similar style teams, but they're in a similar likelihood that they could make the championship game. And I think that's all it really takes. They don't have to play Winnipeg in their divisional finals. (laughs) No, they they do not. They just have to win that one game. Well, and so their over-under, their total wins is at 10.5. Now, we said blanket that's... under, and, and I almost feel like that's kind of it. The under is juiced at minus 120. The over is at plus money, at plus 100. So, 
I'm I, probably taking it. Ten and a half, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. Again, the East has not proved that they can win more than ten games in a, in a full season for a very long time now. And the winner of that has been at 500 or worse uh, more often than it hasn't. Yeah, what was Hamilton at last year? Uh, Hamilton was at... Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I had it up here. Um, <clears throat> Hamilton was at... Eight and six last year. So yeah. that'll tell you. Not quite there. Yeah. I closed the tab as soon as you asked. How how difficult was that? Uh, so thanks for everybody to hang on for a while. I looked up that stat. Yeah, eight and six last year. And and again, they were a good team, but they still didn't break. Uh, I mean, they went over 500, uh, thankfully, but they still didn't win, even in a 14-game season, more than 10 games. So, yeah, it's just going to be difficult for any East team, I think, to win more than... More well, than especially because, like, we'll get to it later, but I think the bottom of the East is going to be better this year than it was last year. I wholeheartedly believe it, and it starts with the Montreal Alouettes. Let's just jump right into it there. Uh, Montreal Alouettes, who finished last season uh, as a 7-7 and team, right at 500. Uh, but these guys, you know, they, they've kind of been through the ringer, as it were, over the last couple of seasons. They, they were terrible I mean, absolutely terrible a couple of seasons ago. And then they fought back to actually be halfway decent. So this year, they they enter again with the opportunity to try to turn it all around. And to be honest with you, I kind of think they put themselves in a pretty decent position to do so. Uh, and, and really, um, we're going to see as the season progresses how this holds out. They got Dominic Davis. They got Trevor Harris now, who we talked about with the Elks. But Trevor Harris is already an instant upgrade at quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they they upgraded the quarterback position. I could very easily see this team. If I had to put a number on it, seven, is they probably win as many games this year as they did last year. Well, let's see what their uh, actual regular maybe, season. They're maybe nine and more. a half. So I'm going to go with the under as well there, too. I'm going to go with the under just because I think the East, it's just hard. It's a hard division. Well, and Trevor Talk Harris is a good quarterback, but like again, he's not the savior. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be better for the team than uh, than Vernon Adams, in my opinion. And, and and in fact, this is a this is a battle you need to watch all preseason long is between Harris and Adams because between the two of them, like that's gonna be the starting quarterback to start the season. Yeah, I think the running back room is pretty good too. I like Taku Lee quite a bit. Um, it really does t- like it's got to be. It's got to be Trevor Harris, right? I but it. I mean, who knows? Trevor Harris started in the preseason game, threw nine of twelve for 124 yards and a touchdown. But again, this is the first preseason game. I, Vernon Adams has been a fan favorite for years over there. So you tell me, right? I mean, this is it could be Vernon Adams' teams. It could be Trevor Harris's team. I feel like it should be Trevor Harris. I feel like even if it is Vernon Adams. Then like Harris pushes him enough where the level of play is higher, and they're just going to be better. Yeah. I, well, for me, like I have a soft spot for Trevor Harris. Obviously, he was the quarterback for the Red Blacks, and you know, basically just a guy that I love to cheer for. Uh, I, I got a chance to talk to him, and you know, I, I just love the guy's uh, ability. But for the Alouettes, they're plus nine hundred to win the Grey Cup. Not touching any part of that. No. Not even close. They're plus four hundred to win the East. Still not touching that. Are you? <laughs> no, because my issue is like 
they could improve, not substantial, but they could improve like decently on last year and still be nowhere near good enough to win the East. And that's the that's the ticket right there. They can improve, but still not be good. Uh, look, they've got Matt Boateng over there at defensive back now. Uh, they've shored up a little bit of their defensive woes. But, I mean, again, I don't think it's enough. I mean, they got Shaq Richardson at DB, another big name. It's just a Ja'Garrett Davis they picked up uh, from the Ticats. It just, I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough to be able to, to fix their woes at all. It's, it's kind of where we're at. It's like, we think they're going to be better, but that's not enough. <laughs> no. No, again, it's, and even though they got Andrew Harris and Brandon Bain, oh, that's Toronto. Uh, but, yeah, they, I just don't think they have enough at all, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I think, the, I think the East is just the teams right now are in such a good position versus each other that that division is just so hard to watch. Like the West to me is a is a three team sort of thing. The East is like all four can like they're very competitive. Obviously, there's two that are above the other two, but it's still more competitive. Like they don't have to worry about a team like BC or the Elks like to stomp on on their way to the division. Exactly, exactly. For those of you listening and were like, hey man, you were reading off the Toronto roster. Yeah, I was. I was on the wrong tab. Thank you very much. <laughs> Things move fast in the CFL Gambling Podcast. You got to keep up. Uh, but yeah, I, again, now now when you look at their defense, it doesn't look as impressive. So I, I'm, I'm taking the under on the Alouettes and I'm not looking back. And this is... This is going to be another situation where, again, if they can't solidify the quarterback uh, situation, it's just going to be tough for them all year long. So it should be Trevor Harris. Let's just let's just be flat. Look, it should be Trevor Harris. You and I both probably think the same thing, but who knows? I'm uh, also a closet Ben Holmes fan. They got Ben Holmes in the back in like the the back room, just waiting, waiting for his turn. But I don't I don't see that happening. The USFL's own Ben Holmes. Yeah, from Tarleton. Yep, from Tarleton State. Uh, all right, let's move on to the team that I am uh, very familiar with, and that is the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, don't ask me what a Red Black is. Uh, I know what it is, but like you guys, they won't look understand. so cool though. I Those love. Lo- that logo, oh, it's a good one. Yep, that is the R is of course the throwback to the uh, Rough Riders R out there. And if you watch any old uh, Ottawa Rough Rider game, you will know exactly what that is. Uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks newish team uh, came back in what 2015 and just started to, to win and and go to Grey Cups. That's what they did. Uh, the last couple of years haven't been so nice to them. In fact, it's been a kind of a rough ride uh, up and down quarterbacks all over the place. But this year, I think they've got it solidified. They brought in Jeremiah Masoli as the quarterback. They still they got brought killed. in the Mosiah. The Mosiah, the guy that spent some time with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, the long-heralded guy. I mean, look, yes, there's some injury uh, concerns there, but I don't know. I'm hopeful that Jeremiah Masoli, I liked watching him with the Ticats, and I always said that if I had to pick another team that wasn't the Red Blacks, I would pick the Ticats because I liked Jeremiah Masoli. Come hell or high water, I'm a, I'm a Masoli fan. He's a likable guy. It's hard not to root for him. And like like I was saying earlier, I don't know if he's consistently week in week out the best quarterback, but man, he's clutch when he needs to be. He can make the plays when you need him to, and he's got Jalen Acklin with him now. That was with him with the Tie Cats. He's got Darvin Adams. He's got Nate Bahar. He's got B.J. Cunningham. He's got R.J. Harris still. He's got Shaq Johnson, Levi Noel. I mean, look, Terry uh, Tra- Terry Williams. He's got guys to throw to, but more importantly, Jim. 
He has got William Powell back in the backfield. I am psyched for that. Yeah, that's a really good, strong move. I think this offense for the Red Blacks could actually be kind of surprising. Maybe, maybe Masoli's that it factor, and they're like the breakout team of the year. I would like that very, very much because those guys, look, we it's just been a rough go for Ottawa for the last couple of seasons. It's just, it's been a rotating quarterback situation. It's been like, RJ Harris is our best uh, receiver, but yet he just never really had the strong arm to throw to him consistently. And it was just a frustrating situation. And then they bring back the strength of this team, which is the defense. They've got Sherrod Baltimore, uh, Baltimore still. Uh, uh, they've got Ty Cranston, uh, Randall Evans, Marlashawn Franklin at DB, who I'm familiar with as his time with the uh, Oakland, now Bay Area Panthers. Like, you know, Antoine Pruno, who's still there. Like, all these guys are coming back, and they're making... Cleon Lang now comes in. So many powerful defensive players. I am so stoked for this team. So take off your red-colored glasses for a second. <laughs> objectively. Objectively look at this team. I still think, like, it all comes down to Masoli for me. That's really, like, the key factor. If he's, like, if he's what we want him to be, if he's what you want him to be, this team could go all the way to a great cup. And that's, mean, not, uh, that's not exaggerating. You look at what, what uh, they were able to do in 2016, uh, you know, with, with the combination of, of Trevor Harris and uh, um, <clears throat> why is his name escaping me now? But you look what they did in 2016. Uh, with Henry, Henry Burris and Trevor Harris, the little combination of those guys. Uh, you know, they kind of had the same type of thing. Greg Ellingson, Brad Sinopoli, uh, William Powell was there, but they had to kind of muzzle Madu, all these these makeshift guys at running back. This is a, a, a much more solid core, in my opinion, than we even had in 2016. Yeah, and like you're getting a really good number on them, too. That's the other factor. Like, you're getting a better number than the Alouettes with a team that I think has way more potential. It's crazy. I mean, so Red Blacks to win it all at plus 1,200 is what I'm finding. Shop around for that as well. Uh, to win the East at plus 600. So they're definitely the last down there. Their regular season wins are at, minus, uh, at seven and a half. This, though, Jim, may be where I actually break from our blanket under. Uh, I may take because they could easily win eight or nine at plus. I probably I probably just don't bet it, but I could see eight. I could see nine. I think I think they're better than the Alouettes, and personally, I think they're in a really good position. It's do I put my faith in Jeremiah Masoli? And you know what? I do. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on your Red Blacks to win the East. I love I'm you just, for that. I'm, I'm going to do it. I love you. Well, they were three and eleven last year, which is why the bookmakers are are absolutely one hundred percent not sold on them. Apparently, they're not looking at what's happening in the news because uh, with this team that uh, that the Thai Cats took to an eight and eight record uh, after what going zero and eight to begin the year, uh, or yeah, actually they went eight for the rest of the season. So yeah, three and fifteen the season before. I, yeah, okay, I get it. The Red Blacks have been bad the last couple of years. Uh, but they have made a lot of improvements up and down the board. They made a win-now mentality, and I think they are 100% on board to do it. They've still got Paul Lapolis, who is one of the most offensive-minded coaches in the entire league. Uh, there, it's just, I think it's a great situation that they're in in 2022. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go as far to say that they can win the whole thing, but I think they can get there. I definitely think they can get there. And at six to one, just give it to me. That's a juicy number. It is a juicy number, right? See, when you start digging in, you're like, "Ooh, I like that." Uh, all right, look. So here's the thing. There's there's actually some lines. Let's do this before we wrap up the entire thing. Uh, we already talked about some really good bets that we like in there. So so make sure that you go back and listen to them. There's actually some game lines out right now for the preseason game uh, on the 9th of June. Uh, actually, I'm finding that that weekend of the 9th, 10th, and 11th. Uh, so I'm, I'm seeing them too. You're seeing them too. Let's just do this. Let's end the show by giving out a couple of our favorites as far as what we like there. So let's just start real quick with the Montreal Alouettes and the Stampeders. What do you like? Oh, it's so hard in preseason. I know it's tough. Calgary minus three and a half. Calgary minus three and a half. All right. That's also over 44. Ooh, over 44. Well, okay. If you look at their, their game, uh, Calgary ended up 41 to six over BC. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. take that. Well, because look, if you think about it too, Montreal, 23 uh, uh, and, and 25. So, all right, so they can score some points as well. Uh, all right. I will, I'll co-sign on that one too. Uh, Calgary, three and a half, and then the over as well. Uh, and then how about the Red Blacks, Blue Bombers? I mean, the Blue Bombers are probably taking the preseason off, um, trying out some new things. I'm actually going to take the Red Blacks on the money line. Yep, money line is good. I like, actually, I like Ottawa on the on the uh, spread as well. They're, they're giving plus nine. Give me that one, too. Uh, I know the money line offers more value, but uh, I'll take the spread as well. Um, all right, Hamilton and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um... That's kind of tough. The spread is at one and a half. The over-under is at 45, and the money line uh, favors the Rough Riders here. I might just take the over. You're going to take the over on that one? Over 45? I'm just going to take the over. All right, over 45. Shop around for lines on that one. Uh, you know what? Give me give me the Thai Cats plus uh, one and a half. I say that because the Thai Cats are actually looking solid. They, they beat the Alouettes 25 to 23. And I think Saskatchewan has a lot of what they're trying out right now. I mean, they know they've got what they've got, but they want to see their backups. And I think the Ticats need to see more of their starters in this second preseason game. Uh, I would probably favor the Ticats on that one, but I'm just going to go with the over. Good call. Uh, All right. Elks and the BC Lions. It looks here that the Lions are favored at minus three. Over under set at 48 and a half. And the uh, money line favors the Lions at minus 170 right now. Where are you at there, Jim? I mean, call me a chaser. Uh, I'm going the Elks money line. It's BC looks so bad in this preseason. Like may, maybe things will change come actual season time. They looked really bad. Yeah, I feel like, like I don't know what they're doing. If you're gonna throw money at the preseason, go ahead and get plus money on the Elks at plus one hundred. Uh, I mean, these guys again. This is the second preseason game, so they're probably not throwing as many as their non-starters as they are uh, before. Especially with the Elks, they need to see what they've got in their starters first. So, yeah, give me the Elks on that one too. I'll even take the plus three at plus one hundred as well. Ah, Jim, look, we gave some bonus action for these guys. That's you know what? That's what we're about. We We're about like pre betting preseason CFL. <laughs> we have gone so deep down the rabbit hole that we want to give you uh, preseason CFL money. So, hopefully, which we didn't even know was happening until like six less than a week ago. You love, it. I know, right? <laughs> Whatever, I love it. Uh, all right, so we will come back next week and we'll talk some more CFL action. 
just a lot of great stuff to, to be had. A lot of great stuff over the season. Hopefully you stick with us. Hopefully you win some money. But uh, by all means, please listen to us. Jim, are you stoked for this season? Are you stoked for the show? I am so stoked that we're getting a full on-time CFL season. It's perfect. It is per- everything I wanted. It is perfect. Thank you for agreeing to be the co-host for this show, man. This is a blast already. Thanks for reaching out to me. I, CFL Jim's going to have a hell of a year. CFL Jim feel it. is my betting CFL expert. I can't, I can't go anywhere else other than CFL Jim. And you, my friends, can't either. Uh, as the season progresses, we're going to get more and more deep into the weeds with you. Uh, but that's it for now, ladies and gentlemen. We will release you from uh, our, our grips and, and send you off to your day. Jim, tell everybody where they can find you on social media, my friend. Everyone can find me on Twitter at XFL Jim. That's the original or like OG Jim. That is the handle. XFL Jim on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I'm all over. And Twitter's the main one because I'm just, I, I have a problem. I have a problem being on Twitter way too much. I think we all have a problem. Uh, yeah. XFL Jim, don't let the name throw you. He is definitely a CFL fan through and through. Uh, I, of course, am at. RJ Via Gomez on Twitter. Find me there. Find me all over the SGPN world. Uh, listen to the NASCAR Gallery podcast. Listen to the Fantasy Football podcast. Whatever. Just, just find me all over the internet. Twitter is, of course, the thing to do as well with Jim. But Jim, it's a CFL season, baby. Let's do this. I will. I want to make an announcement before we sign off fully. Um, if the BC Lions win the whole thing, I'm going to chug a bottle of maple syrup. <laughs> You have it here first. I'm holding you to that bet. I don't. I, I think that's not even a question. I think exactly. Fine. I'm not even worried. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to the CFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're out three and out for us. We'll see you, my friends, next time. Let it ride. <laughs>